0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to version 2.0 of episode 38 of the Get Around Podcast. We would have been, we would have released this episode on Tuesday had, we'll call it technical difficulties, but I'll say that this meathead sitting to the right of me uh, basically uh, forked up. (laughs) <laughs> Real bad the Glitches the same glitch. <laughs> Glitches I get still, stitches I, Nobody knows what happened so you can't put it solely on me I don't, yeah I don't know what happened, you don't know what happened All we all we, all know, we know is that nobody else touched it Is that it happened <laughs> it, yeah. All I know that is just that happened. you totally
1: ruined my inside joke about deja vu Later on in this opening
0: Oh I'm sorry to do that but yes <laughs> We did record the first half of this podcast on Monday We are now re-recording it on Wednesday And my goal is to make all of the same jokes that I did that day, and I'm hoping for the exact same response, which was uh, nothing. I got nothing from these three here. They're all, those are terrible jokes.
1: So maybe we'll laugh harder today. (laughs)
0: Maybe. Probably. Probably. (laughs) Yeah, second time's a charm. (laughs) So yes, uh, this is my last episode as host of the Get Around podcast. Uh, I have... Uh, Unfortunately, been let go at the Traverse City Record Eagle. They've decided to, they no longer need my services, and uh, it's it's a very sad day, as I've been fired. But before anyone sheds any real tears. (laughs) Unceremoniously, I should say. It's ridiculous. I'm going to have myself a nice uh, Jerry Maguire moment, as I walk out of the office. No, unfortunately, uh, I have not been fired. Or wait, fortunately I haven't been no, fired. No, unfortunately. <laughs> Freudian slip, hashtag sadness building. <laughs> so, so, yes. At the, at the end of the day today, uh, Brett, James, and Jake will lovingly wrap me in, a, in my favorite blanket, put me in the bed of Brett's truck, take me down to the old animal hospital, and drag me in, put me on a cold metal table, shave a little uh, hair off my arm, and pump an overdose of phenobarbital into my veins until I drift off to sleep, and then my heart stops.
2: I thought you were going in a completely different direction. I thought you were going to go get fixed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, that doesn't happen until marriage, I don't think,
2: so... (laughs)
0: I'm either getting fired or put down, or I'm simply (laughs) leaving the podcast uh, due to a professional decision. I want to spend more time with my family, I think is what I'm trying to say. That's what all the coaches say when they've been fired, right? I'm leaving, or when they've been forced to resign, that they're leaving to spend more time with their family. That's pretty close. I think we've had a couple of uh, coaches say that. Luna and Guinness
1: miss you at home.
0: Yeah, yeah, they do. Right now, they're probably peeing all over the place. Getting into the garbage. God, I love those two dogs so much. <laughs> they, they can do no wrong. Oh. Guinness almost had a squirrel this morning. I did not want to have to clean blood <laughs> off of that dog's face. Anyway, we were supposed to keep this short and sweet. And that's not happening so far. But welcome to episode 38 of the Get Around Podcast. I am happy to be your host one last time. We do have a great show for you. Coming up in a little bit, we will have our prep softball fantasy draft. We'll get into some track and field finals, a little St. Francis tennis, baseball districts, softball districts, and a couple of teams from the area that are going to be playing in the soccer regional final. We talk some golf finals as well. Uh, we have Hannah Smith, the freshman phenom, and the uh, she's already being referred to by some as the next C.L. Carney, the runner from Traverse City West, as I said, the, the freshman. She came into the studio, sat down with Brett and James for a little bit, chatted up, and uh, you guys have a good conversation with her. I wasn't in the room when that happened.
1: Yeah, we did. I mean, she seems way beyond uh freshman in terms of her maturity, very intelligent as so she'd make a good host a lot for the of, show. A lot of original thoughts, and uh, I, I thought it was a really good conversation and kind of cool because I don't know how many freshmen we've had on this podcast so far. She may be the first one and kind of you know gets us off on the right foot just as far as knowing a little bit more about her as we follow what almost undoubtedly
0: is going to be a pretty stellar prep running career. Yeah, we've had a couple of sophomores on, but no freshmen, though. No. We had uh, yeah. Jay Dobbs and... Uh, Granted, her freshman year is keeping. over in about, I don't know, a week. Maybe it's over already? It might be over by the time this podcast comes out, because who knows if we're going to have to record <laughs> this for a third or fourth time. Do we Let's really, hope not. Do we really trust Brett with the editing from here on out? Well, I guess we'll see. You can on. have it, it if you can, want it. It can only get better. It's true. Yeah, I mean, true. it went fine the first episode. <laughs> yeah couple of rough cuts, but other than that, it was nice and smooth. Just like my uh, downstairs area after I got fixed. <laughs> 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 all right, so <laughs> we've got the Get Around Hall of Fame. Uh, I won't spoil that. I think I spoiled it on the first go around, but... You got, did. we got three athletes that, spoiler alert, are all going to get into the Get Around Hall of Fame, and we f- finally wrap up the show... <laughs> with the trifecta and this week we're talking about the basketball player that you pretended to be in the backyard or in your driveway when you were shooting hoops you know the game seven of the nba finals counting down final seconds tie ball game down one down two whatever who were you at that time who you were pretending to be and we'll talk about that to end the show But before we get into any of that, let's check the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the Pulse. This week's Pulse is the Prep Softball Fantasy Draft. We picked the names out of the Kalkaska Rhinos winter hat that we have uh, decorating this office with uh, a lot of our other... Paraphernalia or memorabilia? Probably memorabilia. Memorabilia is the right word on that one. Memorabilia. I'm, I'm going to go with paraphernalia. I like that a lot better. That. In you, folks, are, you are
1: moving to the news side, you know.
0: That a, is true.
1: Full time, finally.
0: That so. should have... Uh, we should have put that on our uh, spelling bee list. Although paraphernalia is not a, an athlete's name. I'm going to have to come back and host well, a spelling bee when it, you guys do that again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, James is going first. Brett second. Jake is third. It is the snake draft format, which means that when Jake goes, he will take the third and fourth pick. It'll go back to Brett, and then James will take the,
3: what? Sixth and and
0: seventh. Alright, let's get started. Number one. I know that there was some conversation between Brett and James about whom Jimmy James Cook was going to take. Is it proper grammar? or just a major pain sometimes.
2: Whom? (laughs)
0: <laughs> All
2: right, James, where are you going? Jimmy James Cook. Well, we had our gentleman's taking? agreement. You know. Uh, you, you had a gentleman's agreement with a phantom, I, apparently. I, agree, I agreed to not take the person that you wanted to take, oh. essentially. So I, I be, I'm being a gentleman. I see. I'm agreeing okay. to be a gentleman.
1: <laughs> You're agreeing with yourself to be a
2: gentleman. Yes, for once. So with first pick, I'm going to take Olivia Feebing from Traverse City Central,
0: whose signature is up on the big board. Was she the first to sign? Was Phoebe the first to sign? No? Who cares? Moving right along, might have been you're the taking first. You're We're going to have to carbon date it later. Yes, we'll, uh, we'll do that to the blue poster board with a bunch of signatures on it. For
2: James, uh, what's your reason for taking Olivia number one? I mean, Well, she's a dual threat. I mean, as is Mackenzie Wilkinson. Um, but I mean, spoiler alert for Brett. She's also got. <laughs> she's she's also just... got. If we decide to make this a dynasty league, she's got two years. Anybody left. cheering for my team just got a
1: total letdown. Wait, why? Well, because they. You know, the anticipation no, is... for my pick was building up, oh, and now it's uh, just shattered.
0: Yeah, but now Dave Dalton's really happy because you know, he knows that. Well, he's upset <laughs> that she's not number one. But again, that's not my fault. I didn't, consider herself I didn't number win. I didn't win the the draft picking process. So. You did not win it, no So, we'll we'll get to your pick Right now then, Brett, unless James You had something
2: else you wanted to say No, I mean, she's just, uh, Olivia's just somebody that she She can pitch, she can hit She's one of the best hitters around, power hitter And she's got two more years left, so If we're playing Dynasty League, I'm loaded Right off the bat, starting well But
1: yes, Mackenzie Wilkinson From Kalkaska at number two Power hitter Pitcher and in this draft, we are sort of making the designation of who is a pitcher. Uh, but I will keep Wilkinson in my I will keep Wilkinson in my lineup. She had some ridiculous numbers over the weekend. So actually, I'm going to throw it to Jake and let him blow up my pick right now. Yeah,
4: Wilkinson, in the first game of Districts on Saturday, she had three home runs In the single game while she was pitching, and she also garnered her 500th career strikeout from the circle on Saturday. In the second game of district, she had a couple more hits, nothing so powerful, but Kalkaska turned around and played another quote-unquote extra regular season game before they went into regionals this week, and Wilkinson hit another two home runs in that game. So in her last 10 at-bats, Wilkinson has five home runs.
0: Front runner for female athlete of the year, yeah?
4: No doubt. I am looking forward to hearing from Rick Ponstein and finding out what
1: Wilkinson's home run total is at because that number I have is it. sort of. I think of a it's skate. 38.
4: 38? I believe it's 38. Believe it's 38. And
2: she's got 13 this season, season, right? Yeah. 38 no, home runs no, this season. No, she has 38 for, for her career, for 13 38 season, home runs I in one game? Oh my God. I, it, <laughs> it seems like it's possible with her. But she's at 13 for the season, which yeah. is what Olivia hit last year, yeah. which I believe was in the top 20 in state history.
4: So she's had a fantastic year and deserved any type of top five pick. Thank you for that ring endorsement.
0: <laughs> Jake, on to you at number three and four.
4: Well, I would love to throw out a big ringing endorsement for my first round pick. Somebody who's thrown multiple no-hitters, perfect, perfect game uh, out there in Frankfurt, with Olivia, Olivia Tomaszewski. She also has a bit of a bat, but I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna make her the ace on my team because she has been so good from the circle from what I've seen, and if you have a dominant pitcher like that, it'd be, it'd be amazing.
0: If you want your daughter to be a good at softball, I think the lesson that we've learned here in the first three picks, name her Olivia. Or as we'll learn, learn soon enough, Mackenzie. Yeah, I'll one do. of the two. Olivia or McKenzie, those are, those are both good. All right, Jake, you got number four.
4: Yep. Yeah, for my number four pick, first one of the second round, I am going to go back out to Calcasca. I'm not gonna go the way that uh, everybody probably expected me to, but I do need a power bat in my lineup after getting Tomaszewski, and I'm gonna take Taylor Kustra from Kalkaska, she is second behind Wilkinson on the career home run list in Kalkaska. So obviously there's some more power sitting out there. So I'm gonna go ahead and add somebody to my lineup.
0: Brett, number five.
4: Yeah, I'm gonna
1: snag my next pick from Traverse City Central and that's Hannah Hall. She is just
2: hit after hit after hit all season long. She's in double digits for home runs as well. Yeah, and she's got a little bit of power too. I'm duplicating my snarl from the first time we did this draft.
0: Ah. Yes, because it's not, uh... I did steal a few, you know, right ahead of you, stole a few of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this isn't uh, as organic as it was on Monday, but I, I hope all of you listening are still appreciating it. James, you've got
2: six and seven as we continue to roll right along. All right, I need to get some power hitters here, so I am going to go with Haley Myers from Frankfurt, who already has double-digit home runs this season. And, and then I'm going to go with Lauren Ross from Benzie Central, who uh, also has um, has put up some nice hitting statistics this season while playing shortstop when she's not been pitching. What's more valuable
0: in a softball player, pitching or hitting? I mean, obviously you have your dual threats, ones that can do it both.
4: I mean, I personally think, I personally think that pitching is more... Do you want durable. to go
1: back and ask that question again?
0: Sure, I can. Or mm-hmm. I can just make a joke about that. Uh, that, that beeping right there is how much time I have left before they take me to the vet. <laughs> the closer they get together, yep.
2: So close to being dead. It's just the rectal thermometer saying it's ready right before they uh, fix
1: you. At number eight, I'm going to take Traverse City West, Brittany Steimel. A freshman, a really good arm from the circle. Uh, she's probably going to anchor
0: my three-player rotation. You said you're, I thought you were going to say that she's going to Anchorage. That's a crazy place to play softball. All right, Jake, two picks back to you. What I you am got? going to dive back into the Frankfurt Well and make three Frankfurt. You shouldn't Frankfurt. dive into wells. It's very dangerous. One, you shouldn't even go into wells, but diving in, that's just really irresponsible. And your but name's not Timmy. <laughs> If a dog, I mean, if the
1: dog isn't around to, to bark
0: here. Yeah, because the dog is dead. <laughs> to sleep. We've already done, we've already established we put the dog that. to sleep.
4: There's no one out there to save you. Poor lassie. <laughs> okay.
0: All right, so I'm
4: gonna, like I said, I'm gonna go back to Frankfurt and in these top, you know, put three Frankfurt players in the top ten. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and take Natalie Bigley. Uh, she's done amazing things out, and you know, Frankfurt's just been a solid team all year. Um, I know they got a bit of a shorter porch out there, but she's hit for power and she's done plenty of multiple hit games and a lot of extra base hits, so I, it's another person I'd like to add to my lineup. All right, then with my next pick, I'm going to go out to just south of here, go down to Kingsley, and take another pitcher for my rotation with Allie Gedeke. Uh, she's done an outstanding job and she's been the ace for that team the entire year, pitching back-to-back double headers all the time, so I definitely would like to have her on my pitchers' squad.
1: I don't like that pick at
0: all, Jake, and mostly because that was going to be my next pick. But But this has already happened. It's like when you watch a movie the first time, you're like, oh, my God, that was amazing. Then you watch it a second time, and you're like, I saw that coming (laughs) a mile away. (laughs) Brett, it is back to you. Unfortunately, you don't get A.G. on your team, but who do you get? I'm going to take Boy's Hannah Solomon.
1: Uh, We haven't gotten a lot of calls from Charlevoix softball this year, so I'm kind of making this pick based off of the season she had a year ago. But she hit over 660 Had over 40 stolen bases And even though this is a bit of a Positionless draft That's the exact type of Production that you want out of a leadoff Hitter so that's where I'm going James you've got the next two picks At
2: 12 and 13 Alright we, we, we teased the McKenzie thing Before so I'm going to take the second One which is McKenzie Leach Kalkaska pitcher Any relation to Robert Leach
0: Probably, maybe. I don't think so. No, probably not. <laughs> For any of you out there, he was the uh, host of the uh, what? Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous. Back in the back in the day. That is correct. Two uh, jokes so sh-
2: that only James would Show <clears throat> Showing our age, buddy. That's what uh, Mackenzie will be the top pitcher in my rotation. Her and Wilkinson have just been an amazing 1 2 pitching combination for Cal Cask all season, but I think she can anchor most rotations by herself if need be. Uh, and my second, second uh, pick would be Traverse City St. Francis third baseman Sarah Chenard. She had a, a really good districts um, and has just been uh, very good defensively for them this season as well. Uh, and it's coming to it a lot of big hits.
0: Any relation to Brendan Chenard? I'm going to do this for every single player I can. Brett can edit them
3: out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Brett will edit them out.
1: I'm going to go back to Traverse City Central, and you know Olivia Thiebing obviously, is kind of the, the headlining name, but Central has a lot of really good players, and you know, my first, excuse me, my second pick, Hannah Hall, and this pick at number 14, Lily Briggs, they're kind of a, a mashing one-two tandem. Maybe not
0: quite the power of Thebing, but they are on base... All the time. Where did she go to? Central? Yes. And in relation to Preston Briggs, since he is another athlete from Trevor City Central that I know with the last name Briggs.
2: <laughs> There's also Sam Briggs and Logan Briggs. Yes. You whiffed on that one. I whiffed hard. <laughs> well, he's got one of three. Right.
0: 333 is a decent batting average. All right, we are now moving back to... Jake Gatnett. Number 15. Jay... Catnip, as everybody calls them. Yes, 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 y'all. <laughs> yeah, nobody here can either. <laughs> Everyone here is like, wow. I look up from my phone. I was like,
4: <laughs> <laughs> so even though this team hasn't had the greatest of seasons, uh, they've had a few players who have stood out to me, and I'm actually gonna go back to back off of uh, Suttons Bay, the Norseman, and for my fifth pick, I'm gonna take Tori Smith. Uh, she's probably been their offensive star this entire year and multiple hit games you know I was just looking at a couple where she had three four RBIs so definitely somebody you'd like to have in your lineup and even off of a team I think they finished the season at like 9 and 16 but they she put up numbers all year and what it was is just the defense just could not keep up for them with the other teammate off of this team uh, from Sutton's Bay I'm going to go on to the defensive side and add another person into my pitching rotation with Grace Perriard uh, she's been their ace this year, and she's she's done pretty pretty well. So it's another person who I think would be really good to round out a uh, starting rotation.
0: And in relation to Doug Perriard, that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brett, back to you.
1: I'm gonna roll out to Benzie Central and add a second pitcher to my rotation. This player could certainly be in my lineup. But Macy Kunkel from Benzie Central, she's been well all world for the Huskies so far this season. And you've got a song playing in your head right now because of a line that I just used, I can tell.
0: Yep, what song do you think it is? Roll Out. (laughs) Wait for it.
1: Still waiting for it. Just put Brendan in his happy place Just considering he's lying on that metal slab Still, that's that's good <laughs> <laughs>
0: Give that, him all the music he needs Crossing that rainbow bridge The Vifrost? <laughs> yeah, we're talking Marvel Universe here So from rolling out To rolling on It is now rolled over To James That dog won't roll over much anymore that is inappropriate, Brett. <laughs> this is a very sensitive topic. This isn't something you take lightly. You can't just joke about dog
2: death like that. James, what's up? <laughs> just beating a horse? Is there a beating a horse joke in there? But with a dog. Probably later tonight. Oh be a horse. <laughs> something about a a pot calling a kettle black too, I'm sure. Probably. Uh, well I'm gonna I'm gonna beef up my uh, pitching rotation with uh, Shannon Pop from Lake Lillinois-St. Mary. You know, she was uh, a big part of Lake Lillinois-St. Mary, playing with uh, Frankfurt and keeping that as a one-nothing game. James, you got one yeah. more pick left. All right, Traverse City St. Francis again with uh, Heidi Walters. She's just had a really good season this year as a catcher defensively, and then they moved her back in the lineup from from cleanup to number five about midway through the season. And I
0: flatlined <laughs> yeah. oh my God. <laughs> my career is flatlined already. Oh boy. And we're back! Hi, Harry. (laughs) That was my Will Ferrell impersonation of. That's really the best impression
2: of. Harry Carey is the Will. You just got to copy the Will Ferrell. Yes, which isn't Harry even Carey.
0: close to Harry Carey, but it's. But it's still great. All right, who's up next, picking? Because I have to leave at some point.
2: Oh, when when Fine. you flatlined.
4: Well, it doesn't matter. We had, we had we had Brendan hooked up to the monitor. That's why he flatlined. Yeah.
2: Before so before that happened, I was taking uh, Heidi Walters from Traverse City St. Francis. When they moved her down from the four to the five spot in the lineup, she really really took off and really helped them lead them and. Districts with uh, just driving in a whole bunch of runs. I think she was like six for eight or something in those two games uh, And and just has been an offensive force for them as well as a stable defensive presence
0: All right pop and Walters bringing it back to Summers Carly Williams from Petoskey
1: uh, She's an all-state selection last year catcher have not Seen her play a whole lot, but somebody I wanted to add to my lineup, but you like the numbers I do
0: all right Jake you've got the next two
4: Double me up, we got Allison Folkersma coming out of Kingsley. Uh, gonna add her into my lineup. She's just, she's been in almost every single call I've gotten from Kingsley this year, which just means that she's consistent and she's always on base or always doing something to help her team, so I'd like to have somebody like that. And then on my next pick, I'm gonna go on out to Bear Lake and basically take who I think is their superstar on the team in Haley May. You know, she she pitches, she hits, she does all of it for them, and Every time that I've seen something from her, I've been actually quite impressed. I'm surprised that she slipped this far down into the draft, so I'm, I'm really glad to be able to take her here.
0: Back over to Brett.
4: At number 23, I'm going to take With Kingsley's
0: the 23rd pick in the Type Softball Fantasy Draft. Brett Summers takes. Maddie Alger from Kingsley. Any relation to Nate Alger? Probably. Maybe. Definitely. Wait for that origin story a little bit later on. Definitely, maybe. maybe. Ryan Reynolds Probably. and Elizabeth Banks. Nailed it. Right? Definitely Maybe. Wait, yes? Ryan Reynolds and Elizabeth Banks in that one? Doesn't matter. Let's keep moving on. <laughs> it's a movie. There's a movie called Definitely Maybe. Continue, please. Someone someone, make me stop James talking. James
1: at 24 and 25.
0: Thank God.
2: All right. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to go with back-to-back catchers. And uh, Kalkaska's Ayla Gustafson, uh, she hit two home runs as well in Districts in addition to all the ones that Wilkinson hit. And, and it's just been pretty solid for them all season. And then I'll uh, we'll go back to Lake Leona, St. Mary, and take a second player from the Eagles as well in uh, Alexandra Kurt, who's just been a, a player that's just, she had a really great season last year and it's continued that this year. Brett,
1: I'm gonna add another power bat to my lineup
0: and the run on catchers continues as I select Frankfurt's Kaziah Stockdale. I, I don't have an, any relation joke on that one, so <laughs> right over to uh, Mr. No, Adnike.
2: You're not gonna say tag?
0: Son of a... <laughs> Unreal. Way to go. Ah, oh, man, getting uh, getting forgetful in my old age. And dog i though. I don't know how old I am, but Ancient. whatever. Whatever. Thirty-three times seven is. There's a reason I mean, you're flatlining. Anybody yeah. want? <laughs> anyone, anybody want to do quick math? Uh, feel free to go ahead. But Jake, you are up next. Alrighty.
4: So with my next two picks. I'm gonna go back out to Benzie Central. Um, I, I don't have anybody off the Huskies on my team yet, but there are, has already been a few selected. Uh, but I'm gonna take Lauren Nordbeck. Um, another one of those Huskies who has led them to, I believe, it was a 20-win season. They had a. They've had a pretty good year. Uh, didn't quite make it as far as they wanted to, but it was definitely a. Uh, Solid performance, and then I'm gonna go back into uh, Traverse City and go to Traverse City Central and take uh, Jessica Beeler. And I've had a chance to watch her play at least three or four times this season, and she's she's definitely done what she's needed to do to help the Trojans push as far as they did.
0: I'm uh, roughly based on if you're you're uh, kind of uh, projecting this out, I'm roughly about 250 years old mm-hmm. in dog years. 231. Well, 231 if like, but I'm close to being 34, so it's got to be... Like, another four or five years 231 would I mean, be the area It's got to be a pro, be proration. Yeah, if I was 231, I am, a, I am a 231. All right, so let's see. I'm 231 years old. So All right, I'm going to... Yeah, 250 is way off. Not math. We're worried it's so people. Hard. It's so hard. Left brain, right brain type of stuff. It's okay. I'm lucky if I have
2: half a brain Man, you're gonna, and you're gonna have to start figuring out millage rates
0: yeah I'm like millage is that like a type of porridge <laughs> is this a, are there like oats and shit? all right come on move on pop up there next pick I'm gonna
1: go back to Kalkaska uh, when my first pick originated and uh, take another blazer and Kayla Cavanaugh just another on base specialist that would uh, be great for the bottom of the order to
2: avoid any kind of letdown.
0: Jake, or James, whomever is picking. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm gonna take another uh, on base person that just gets just gets on base a lot. It'll we'll probably be at the top of my lineup if we had did an actual batting order, um, which would be Lacey Benton from Kingsley. And then uh, with my second one would be uh, Jenna Grandfors from Benzie Central. Uh, center fielder, very good defensive center fielder, and also gets on base a lot, so can be somebody who hit hit the number two spot.
1: Second to last pick for me, and I am going to join Jake with the Bear Lake selection and take Abby Cross, who may, in my opinion, be more the offensive juggernaut of that Lakers team, but we're splitting hairs here, so I'm happy to
0: have her on the team. No need to split hairs. It's a very difficult thing to do. Unless uh, you don't condition, then you get split ends.
2: But all yours have been shaved off for the...
0: Yes. Yes. Smooth out my Jake.
4: Alrighty, so with my last two picks in this inaugural fantasy softball draft, I'm going to go out to Central Lake. Uh, for the first one. Nobody's been taken out of that school yet, but I'm going to take Gabby Fernandez. With the calls I've gotten, I've definitely been been seeing enough out of her to put her towards the bottom of my lineup, and like James said, getting on base enough to be able to, or or even Brett, not to have a liability in the lineup at all. It's really nice to have somebody like that. And then with my last pick, uh, since I do believe I have such a solid team, um, I'm going to go with another player from Kingsley, somebody who I consider to be one of my favorite names in the spring sports season, and Lark Jankowitz. And that'll round out my squad, and, you know, I, I already really like the way it looks.
1: Brett, you gonna finish things out? Yeah, the only only opening I have remaining on my roster is a pitcher, and I don't think anybody's taken a player from Glen Lake yet, so I'm gonna take Caitlin Schaub and have her fill out my rotation.
0: It's pretty surprising. No Lakers taken until, uh, what,
2: the second to last pitch? James. Wrap and up this draft. Jobs Ch- a good pick there too. I mean, she can hit the ball too as well. Um, with the uh, definitely not this irrelevant, but with the last pick, uh, I will take from Grand Traverse Academy, which is another school that we haven't had anybody selected from. I will take Sydney Broderick, um, another In young relation player. to Matthew Broderick. Probably um, not. not. I guess no. <laughs> Uh, another young player, I and mean, she's only a sophomore uh, and, and will only get better as, as the season goes on. But she uh, hit very well for them, pitched was their top pitcher all season, and uh, it's just another good player. She'll be the, the third pitcher in my rotation.
0: That's going to wrap it up, guys. You want to mention any other players that uh, kind of got left out in the, uh, the wind a little bit that could have made the list?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of them. I mean... You know, with my last pick, I had to take a pitcher because I needed a third pitcher. But I mean, there's Mianne Endress from TT Central, Addison Letts from Manton, Shaylee Waller from Bear Lake. I mean, she uh, may be one of the fastest players around here. Yeah, I'm really uh, surprised that she wasn't picked. Oh, yeah, Honestly, she has two I or three stolen bases all the time. time. Yeah, I was,
0: I was surprised to me. Coach Waller's probably not too happy about that. I'll be getting a call from Karen, maybe.
1: Lauren Johnson from Traverse City, St. Francis. Darcy Danzer from West. Another Kalkaska player, uh, Angela Iatt. Uh, Glen Lakes, Aubrey Rice, Sutton's Bay's, Laura Hersey, another Trojan from TC Central, and Haley
4: Williams. Yeah, I mean, there's still plenty of girls out there. You know, there's Katie Beeman and Frank Fur- I mean, there, there's so many good softball players in our area that we could have done four or five people in this draft and still been able to have full stack teams. So that, that says something about the area up here.
0: That's fun, boys. It's nice to. I enjoy the drafts. Unfortunately, this is my last one, but I mean, I can always come back as a moderator, something like that. Or no, I'm not coming back ever, not even as a guest host. Yes, you will. It's inevitable almost.
2: Well, I am actually. You'll have to. You'll have to when we go on vacation or something. Maybe. Probably. Probably.
0: All right, well, uh, I do have to step out for a little bit, but I'll be back for the second half of the podcast because. You know, uh, that part did not get lost in the editing (laughs) process where Brett screwed up. Uh, So that was still recorded on Monday. This, of course, on Wednesday. But uh, I'm leaving to go attend an adult graduation ceremony. Have fun. I shall. Drive safe. We will anxiously
1: await your return.
0: Just like my dogs. We're going to pin a few notes to the bulletin
1: board, and our first topic will be the track and field state championships that happen on Saturday. Of course, most of you probably know... A Traverse City Central and Traverse City West combined for two Division One state titles. Cassidy Henshaw from the Trojans in the high jump, jump 6'9", PR, second highest jump in school history. And Eric Labonte in the 100-meter dash, 10.66 time, kind of stunning everyone, maybe aside from his own teammates, with that performance. And James, you, you had a column today, I think kind of detailing how incredibly special this was for these
2: two schools to have two state titleists. I mean, pretty rare thing. Yeah, it's actually the first time that Traverse City has had two or had multiple state champions at the Division One Class A level. I mean, we've had you know, quite a few from St. Francis. Uh, but, yeah, first time ever. Uh, you know, the MHSA uh, records only go back to 1978, and in all that time, uh, Traverse City's never had more than one state champion in any one season Um, So this is the first time with multiple ones. Uh, I mean, there's only only been 13 in that span, and what six of those are in the pole vault in the 1980s when Traverse City Central was really dominating that and uh, won the the pole vault title six out of seven years.
1: Henshaw's performance was pretty incredible. Uh, Not only did he win the title in the high jump, but he was All-State in three events, including the long jump and the 110-meter high hurdles. Labonte was all-state in his second event in the 200, which actually kind of set the stage for his 100-meter performance because his preliminary time in the 100 wasn't very good, and he decided to make some adjustments to his starting blocks, and he he ended up having a much better start in the 200, and that carried
4: over into the 100, and he, he led that race from gun to tape. Yeah, and I, you didn't really mention this, but there was even a free press story late last week that outlined all the people who they thought were going to be able to pull away with state titles in Division One all the way through, and they didn't even mention Levante. They, they put five, six, seven guys ahead of him, didn't even give him any love, and then he came out and stole it. So that just tells you that he, I guess he kind of blew expectations away. Maybe not for us up here, because we have seen him run the 10-7-1s and the 10 2s and all this stuff like that, but this is the best time that we've seen him run all year. You know, we had three other individual state champions as
1: well in Division Three. Boyne City's Jacob Egger won the shot put with a throw of 59 feet 10 inches. A fellow Rambler, Anna Harmling, won the girls' pole vault with a height of 11 feet 6 inches. And Matt and Zach Flint won the boys' pole vault with a height of 13 feet 6 inches. So a pretty good showing as far as northern Michigan is concerned
2: last Saturday. Yeah, but I was doing some of the research for that column. I noticed uh, I, I basically went d- went back and did every state champion that we've had back to 2,000, boys and girls in every division. And I was surprised that there was, one, there's just a ton of them, but I was surprised at how many there are in the pole vault, that, that like this area has uh, just a disproportionate almost number of pole vault champions. Yeah, uh, only
1: what, including Henshaw and Labonte, in Division One you had thirteen champions and six of those were pole vaults that came in a stretch of seven years.
2: Yeah, yeah, all back in the eighties. And then the one year that they didn't win it, they were second. Well I mean if you just think about it this way, we got two D3
4: students this year winning the pole vault. So I there's there's been plenty more, you know, and it's got, it's obviously an event that has for whatever really reason. elevated. Yeah, really elevated in the northern Michigan area. Trevor City St.
1: Francis also had a stellar weekend. They finished runner-up at the Division Four State Finals for the fourth time in six years. And their number four singles player, Paige Davies, completed an undefeated season and won the state championship. Jake, you had an opportunity to talk to Coach Paul Bandrowski as well as Ms. Davies. What
4: level of excitement or enthusiasm over how the weekend went did you get from them? Of course, well, Bandrowski was actually very pleased with second place. You know, they went into that second day. Having a chance to get get the state title, but they had all of their girls. Nobody got knocked out before the quarterfinals in the state tournament. They they scored points in every single flight. Where even if they had a bye, they won their first first one or two matches and got points in every single flight. So they got into the quarterfinals, and you know they had uh, four different flights going to the semis and two of them going to the finals. With Paige being the only one to come out with the individual state championship, but Bandrowski was thrilled, and he said with what what tennis has ha- with what has happened in tennis at Traverse City St. Francis over the last decade or so, it has really peaked in interest. And now, even with the size of their school, they had forty girls come out for the tennis team this year, which was enough to field three full teams. And you know, really, one in, he said one in four girls at Traverse City St. Francis are now playing tennis, which is a huge amount if you're talking about for having such a small school. And then, but when I talked to Paige Davies, you know, she was really, really excited about it. But she also seemed really determined just to come back and do this all again. She actually transferred from Central to Traverse City Saint Francis during her right at the beginning of her freshman year, so she was unable to play tennis last year. And she said that that really kind of put a chip on her shoulder. So she wanted to come out and prove herself this year. And she never dropped a match. And all the way through the state finals, she never dropped more than two sets in a match. And so she really dominated her way all the way to the state championship, like you said, undefeated season. And she, she said she didn't set out thinking that was going to happen, but now that's basically what she wants to happen going forward through her career. And she's only a sophomore. So the big thing that Vandrowski said is they lost four seniors, but they got four new freshmen and a couple sophomores who came out of this team and have just made them even better.
2: Yeah, and when I was talking to him on Friday after the first round, he said that this was the first time in, in program history that they had ever had two points out of every flight at the state finals. With so many girls
1: participating in tennis at St. Francis, I suppose anything is possible, but I would imagine that after Ms. Davies' performance this season in the state championship at number four singles, she won't be at number four for long. I would guess she'll be moving up. On to baseball districts. We had six district champions emerge From last weekend's baseball districts, perhaps the most riveting, Traverse City Central in their win over Traverse City West. The Titans won the Big North Conference, shared the conference actually with Gaylord, but the Trojans managed to upset the Titans on Saturday. Traverse City St. Francis beat Manton, Boyne City beat Charlevoix, Gaylord St. Mary beat Wolverine, Glen Lake beat Lake Lelanah St. Mary, and Frankfurt beat Onekama. Jake, you went to that Central West baseball matchup, what what did you think there was it did you feel like it was an upset
4: i personally no you know i've actually had the pleasure of watching these two teams play each other a couple times this year and they split during the regular season you know west kind of put on a show the first time and then central kind of scraped it out the second time but this game wasn't so much a scrape by the trojans sam schmidt went on the mound he really did pitch a gem he didn't strike everybody out but he kept the ball low kept the hitters off balance was forcing a lot of ground balls and TC Central's defense just showed up and you know, Coach McDonald told me that's what they've been relying on all year is their defense and having such a solid back line to be able to give people like Sam Schmidt who may not throw ten or twelve strikeouts in a game, but can really, you know, temper the dangerous lineup that the Titans have. Because they have a lot of power hitters and they have a lot of guys who have uh, potential and a couple guys who are going to play college ball as well. So I don't I don't really think I saw it as an upset. I know a lot of people think It probably was because what T.C. West has done over the last few years up here, you know, making to the semifinals a couple years ago and having a solid team. But, you know, when I saw T.C. Central take them out, I would have guessed at the end of the day that T.C. Central won that game and they were not handed that whatsoever.
1: James, you were at the Kingsley District where Traverse City St. Francis uh, captured that title. Not exactly a big surprise that the Gladiators emerged there. What was the feeling like
2: after the game when you spoke with head coach Tom Passano? Uh Yeah, I pretty much asked him right after the game. I said, is a district title you guys no big deal because you went to the state championship game last year? And he said, yeah, you know, we're proud of the kids and what they accomplished, but we have bigger goals than a district championship. And uh, you know, getting back to that state championship game is obviously one of those goals. Um, they actually had a, a tougher game in the first game of the districts. I think uh, from Kingsley pushed them to a five-one game. You know, kept it reasonably close, and and then in the second game they shut out Manton. I believe it was thirteen and nothing for the championship.
1: One fewer district champion as far as local teams are concerned from softball, but Kalkaska, St. Francis, Boyne City, East Jordan, and Frankfurt did all emerge victorious. Again, Trevor City St. Francis play, was playing in Kingsley. You saw a little bit of that softball district. James, they knocked off Benzie Central. That was a little bit of a surprise, was it not?
2: Yeah, I think that's as big of a surprise on the softball side of things as uh, as people may be surprised at TC Central beating TC West in baseball. You know, St. Francis really started off the season not well. Not you know, they were three and eleven. A bunch of those games were losses by Mercy. Uh, a bunch of them were to bigger teams because they had a pretty pretty t- competitive schedule this year, uh, but they still weren't winning games and uh, had several of those that weren't close. Uh, in the second half of the season, they completely turned things around, uh, finished the season five hundred at twelve and twelve, and uh, or fourteen and twelve now after districts and been beating who I think everybody thought was the favorite in Benzie Central in the final, in a game that that wasn't particularly close either.
1: Just a couple of more items on the bulletin board this week. Soccer, girls soccer, Traverse City West did get beat at home by Midland in the district championship, their season coming to an end for the second year in a row at the hands of the Chemex. Jake, you were there for that game as well. T.C. West have a chance to win that
4: game? Oh, They definitely had a chance. They they jumped out to the lead early when McKenna DeVries elevated in front of the net on a corner kick from Maya Dean, and she had like a header-slash-chest a goal, and she it was it was beautiful, and it really lit up the Titans. But the thing was, is after that, the chemics just locked down, and uh, they scored on a penalty kick late in the first, and it just really turned towards Midland's way the rest of the way. And you know, when I was watching, I think it was really just a case that Midland was the better team. Uh, they didn't let TC West get past half very often, except for maybe the last ten minutes of the game when they were already up by a goal but that's just because T.C. West was pushing and pushing, and Coach Chelsea Avery was like, this could be the last 10 minutes of your of your life, play like it, and that's, T.C. West went out, and they fought, and they fought, and they fought, they put some shots on goal late in the game, but it just, nothing could get in for them. and I think they felt better about this year, because last year in the same spot, they lost 5-0 to zero to the same team, and, you know, Coach Avery told me that this team has been special in what they've been able to do, you know, they went undefeated in the Big North Conference this year, and They really have had a stellar season, even to their own standards. They just really thought they were going to be able to get past Midland this year, and it just wasn't their time. So, I mean, it was a great season, and they still have a lot of young talent with, like, Jalen Dubovowski and Maya Dean and all these young girls who are coming up through the program who are going to keep them as a powerhouse over the next couple years. It was not the Titans' time. That was not, however, the
1: case for Petoskey and Elk Rapids, both of which emerged with district championships, and now having already played the first round of regional play, have advanced to regional championship games that will be played Thursday. Uh, Potosky defeated Mount Pleasant in the district championship, and then knocked off St. Clair in the regional semifinal. Elk Rapids defeated Charlevoix in overtime in the district final, and then went to penalty kicks against Houghton Lake on Tuesday and won PKs 3-1. to one. A little bit of a reversal from a couple years ago when in a regional championship game against Montrose, they lost 5-4 to four despite a uh, dominant effort in an albeit scoreless regulation in overtime two years ago. So the Elks and the Northmen will be playing for regional
2: championships in soccer. Yeah, Petoskey will be taking on DeWitt uh, Thursday night at uh, 6 p.m. in Mount Pleasant. And Oak Rapids will be taking on North Muskegon on Thursday night at 6 p.m. and Cadillac. So that game should be uh, one that a lot of area fans should be able to get to. North Muskegon has not lost a game this season, according to the MHSAA. They're 20-0.
1: Our last item of business, golf regionals, which took place last week. Uh, Traverse City West qualified as a team in Division One for the state championships. Gaylord qualified as a team in Division Two. Cadillac's Aiden Raphael qualified individually in Division II. Charlevoix is sending our lone Division Three participant to the state finals, led by Spencer Hans, 73, at the regional tournament. And we've got three local teams in the Division IV state finals, which will certainly make that tournament something to keep an eye on. Frankfurt made it, led by Will Newbold's 83 at regionals. Leland made it, led by Nate Ball's 81. And Sutton's Bay returns yet again behind a 75 from Thomas Hersey.
2: And one interesting thing about that is TC West and the, you know their scores that uh, they didn't have anybody shoot in the 70s, but they also didn't have anybody shoot out of the 80s. Their entire team was within a couple of strokes of each other, all in the mid 80s.
1: Incredibly consistent, and you can you can do some damage
2: that way, even if you don't necessarily have
1: somebody vying for medalist honors.
2: And that these that these finals, I mean, regional and state levels, it's you know you're going to win a title not necessarily on your number one guy. You're going to win a title based on your number four guy.
4: Yeah, and just to speak about consistency, you know, down in D four with those three schools, you know, we've seen great golf out of especially those three guys who we mentioned with, um, with Will Nobold, Nate Ball, and Thomas Hersey. You know, in D four, you know, they they've been golfing against each other all year, and there's been multiple times where they're all flip flopping right in that top three. And, you know, it's really kind of a toss-up. Who's going to win it? Who has the best day out on the golf course? And they've all been impressive this year. And I I believe Hersey's low this year was a 66. I believe Nate Ball's low this year was around a 72. And um, Will Nobold was right in the same area. So they all have the potential to shoot at or under par, especially even in the state championships. That wraps
1: up the bulletin board. Brendan mentioned earlier in the podcast that we were lucky enough to be joined by Hannah Smith in studio, the phenomenal Traverse City West freshman runner and we'll give a listen to that interview now. We welcome in Traverse City West freshman Hannah Smith, who just completed the track and field finals on Saturday. She had a third place finish in the 3200, uh, actually qualified for two events for state. Welcome. Thanks for joining us in studio today, Hannah.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: Should we use the term "phenom"? I mean, I think <laughs> it it's uh, aptly applied. Yeah. You know, I was. I think in one of in one of my previous articles, I sort of mentioned that your performance at the honor roll meet kind of made a statement as far as you potentially being that next great Traverse City runner, kind of following in the shoes of C.L. Carney, who's finished her career now at Traverse City mm-hmm. Central and. Holly Bulla at St. Francis before her so I guess we'll start there. Well, what are your thoughts of being compared to those two girls?
3: Well be when I was younger I remember looking up to them and I always heard their names and just like kind of the whole town was just like buzzing with their success and I just thought wow I mean I never I guess it never really crossed my mind like I could be there someday but once I got into high school I was like well I mean I could, because with CL graduating, there's not really much left, so I don't know. I I, I guess it kind of was a thought, but I don't know. It's crazy to me. (laughs) Even
1: though you weren't necessarily thinking of filling those shoes, were those girls providing you with motivation when you were in middle school or even earlier?
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, I remember watching some races where they were competing or where I had raced, and then I'd watch them, and I'd be like... I'm, like, nowhere near where they are. Like, there's just so much more fit than me. So I... They're... Yeah. Just... The thought of it... It kind of scared me. (laughs) Like, I could be... I could be that. But... I don't know. Now it's... It doesn't really seem like that big of a deal to me anymore.
2: How big of a deal was it for you the first time you raced head-to-head with CL in, in a varsity race?
3: Uh... I guess I could say I was kind of intimidated <laughs> um, just because she has such a reputation for herself and she had a really good cross season. She was runner-up um, state champion, so that knowing that she has that kind of success was like I knew that she was going to be difficult to beat in the way that she races. I didn't really know how to feel going into that, so that was another thing that I was kind of nervous about.
1: I guess to stay on the theme of feeling pressure coming in, You know, a lot of times over the course of their career, girls' times will stay constant or even get slower as they get older. Does that add pressure to young runners when they're coming into high school, or is that not something you think about?
3: I've seen it before in some of my teammates, not from my team this year, but um, in the past years when they were younger, when I was in, like, fifth and sixth grade, I was on a different team, and now they aren't having as much success as their potential looked like when they were younger. And... Personally, I've never really thought that it would happen to me just because I feel like if I stay committed and dedicated that I'll just have the progression of getting faster. So hopefully that'll continue to happen for me.
1: All right. Well, again, third place finish at the Division One state finals in Kentwood on Saturday. Uh, you ran a time of 10.33.62. That was a PR, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. How, did, how were you feeling going into that race, and then how did a third-place finish and that time match up with your expectations?
3: Well, going into it, I really wanted to get All-State. That was my main goal, and I knew that to get All-State, my time was going to have to be underneath 10.40 or very close to it, and that in itself would have been a PR for me. So I knew that I was going to have to really push myself to get to where I wanted to be. And getting third... I, I did not expect that. <laughs> I was just expecting to get top eight, which is All-State, and if I would have done that, I still would be over on the moon, but the fact that I was able to get third, it just it blew my mind away. <laughs> I surprised myself.
2: <laughs> did you come into the season with these kind of expectations, or did your confidence and your expectations grow as you kept having success so early in your career?
3: I ran indoor track, so I had a couple base times, and I actually went to nationals, so I competed on some pretty high levels before the season, so I had some expectations for myself as to where I should be time wise and also compared to the rest of the athletes. But before that, no.
1: <laughs> so, how, how about as far as that first meet? Because you set the school record the first varsity event as a Titan. Is that something that you thought could happen, or was that a surprise?
3: Well, I had already ran faster than that indoors, so I kind of (laughs) thought, you know, as long as I just do what I did then, I'll have it. But it was still kind of surprising that I ran as fast as I did because that was an outdoor PR, and when you run indoors, you have perfect conditions, and everything is more secluded into a smaller area. So it was still pretty good.
1: What was the reception that you got from your teammates and coaches, Coach Diangas after you set that school record in your first event? I mean, even though maybe they probably knew those times coming in as well, uh, that you'd run pretty well, that you had a chance to do that. What? How excited were they? What was the What was the emotions like of that?
3: Uh, they were just over the moon. They were just so happy and proud of me. And just, you're a little freshman and you did it. We're just so proud of you. They were just, they were overjoyed with me. <laughs>
2: What were some of the other uh, performances at the state finals of some teammates, maybe some other TC Central kids that, uh, that you were able to watch at the finals in between your event?
3: I watched Eric, obviously, and he did well. And um, our 4x8 team, I didn't watch, obviously, but <laughs> um, we got 8th and we made All State, so that was kind of like the highlights that I personally saw. Um, I didn't, I think we our rest team had a, rela- re- a relay. I didn't watch that, though, because I was just re- relaxing and resting in the tent for most, most of the meet. But I, I think they did pretty well.
2: You said you watched Eric's, Eric's race when he won the 100-meter yes. title. What was that like, watching a, a teammate do that? I mean, uh, I don't know. It's been a long, long time, I think, since a kid from up here has won the 100 meters, uh, boys or girls. Um, so what was that like, being able to watch that?
3: That, it was just, it was invigorating just ever my entire team was just screaming the whole way because it's such a short race It was only ten seconds, so it's just the pressure and just like the intensity of the moment Everyone was just like freaking out and then when you crossed the line We all knew we did it and everyone was like jumping up and down and like going crazy It was like the most like exciting moment probably I've had in a very long time
1: (laughs) As I mentioned before, you had an opportunity to run the 1600 as well. If you could just kind of explain to our audible viewers what went into that decision of not running it, because obviously qualifying was probably a pretty big deal, and you had just broke five minutes Mm -hmm. for the first time at the Record Eagle John Loeber Honor Roll meet the week before.
3: Well... I knew that if I ran both of them at the state meet, it was going to be very difficult to get all state in both because the times and the places for each are super competitive, especially in the mile, it's, it's super tight. And so I knew that if I did both, I was going to have to, like, It was going to be close, and I just didn't really want to take the risk of not making All-State in one of them because of the fatigue or because just I missed it by, like, just a little tiny hair. So I just decided to go with a 3200 because I told myself my performance at the honor roll meet, it was was very good. In my opinion, it was better than, like, I thought I could do almost. Um, I broke five, which is my goal for the whole season. So I told myself just... Just go for the 3200 get a really solid time, and guarantee that you can make all state because you know that you won't have the fatigue from the mile. So I think it was a really solid decision what I did because I PR'd very well.
2: Yeah. Do, do you think it would be a good idea if they had the state finals over two days to be able to split some of those up so they can maybe do the mile one day and the two-mile another day and split up like maybe discus and shot put, some of those events that are pretty common for kids to, to, uh, to overlap in?
3: I've never really thought about that. I don't really know like how my fatigue would be like a day after. I feel like it would maybe be better, but I don't know. That's a really good thing to think about. I've never ever considered that.
1: <laughs> yeah, there were there were well at least one other athlete who kind of ran into a similar thing. Uh, Cassidy Henshaw, the high jump took so long. He told me that he then had to go and do all three jumps consecutively in the oh. long jump, and so he was hoping for. Maybe a higher finish than what he had. He was still all state in all three event, events, which is crazy. But if he didn't have to make all three attempts in a row, you know, maybe he does post a, a, a better jump.
2: So that is a interesting question, James. I, I think it would be interesting if they just if they just split up some of those like events, you know, and just have a few of the events Friday night and the rest of them Saturday. It, I think I think it would be kind of interesting I think you know to split up the mile two mile because those are pretty much all, always the same kids and same thing with discus shot mm-hmm. but you know the the two hurdle events long jump high jump are almost usually th- the same people and stuff and I think it would maybe be a little more reflective of uh, those events might give fans a better opportunity to see
1: a little bit more of the track meet as well because the way it's currently set up I mean there's so much going on at know, one
3: time nobody can watch like, everything yeah, it's like impossible.
2: It <laughs> would be better for you guys who are at the meet, too. You'd be able to wa- maybe be able to watch more of your yeah, teammates. Yeah,
3: exactly. Like, I hardly ever get to watch, like, anybody else. Because, like, I'm trying to rest because, ha- oh, I have more events to do. But if it was the next day, I could be like, oh, it doesn't really matter. I can be out here supporting you guys. Hmm. <laughs>
1: so one thing that I kind of just thought about as we were talking about all this was... Obviously, you're shooting for your best times in your events by the end of the season. So when you set your PR in the 1600 at the honor roll and then you set your PR in the 3200 at the state meet, is it hard to maybe back off a little bit or take a break? Like, don't you want to just continue improving those times and keep training hard through the summer? But, I mean, you do have to take a little bit of a rest, don't you?
3: Yes. And I have the intention to continue to improve. Um... But I know that in order to continue to improve, I do have to take some chill time and downtime. Otherwise, an injury could happen, or I'll get burnt out, and that's one of my fears: is that ever happening? And I don't want that to happen. So I yes, I do want to c- continue to go, but I know that I'm going to have to take a little bit of downtime in order to continue to go.
1: So how much of a break or a slowdown will you take? I mean, will you go cold turkey for a few weeks without running, or do you just? Uh, ease the mileage or, or ease the pace a little bit, or how do you go about that, and then when do you pick it back up again?
3: Well, um, I'm just going to try to get through school for now and exams and all that, so I'm just going to do, I'm just doing easy runs here and there, not a lot of, no like intense work and heavy, like mileage, pace, stuff like that, um, and then once school gets out, uh, that's when I'll pick it back up, is like that that weekend, so it'll probably, it probably won't actually, like, start doing, like, intense, like, tempo runs and things like that until, like, the 17th or, I don't have an exact time, but (laughs) that, that weekend, probably somewhere in there.
1: I have to ask, though, I mean, what's an easy run? Because your definition of an easy run and the definition of (laughs) my easy run, I'm sure, are two very different things.
3: (laughs) Uh, just, like, anywhere from, like, three to six miles, just at, like, you know, a comfortable pace, like, you know, some somewhere under eight minutes, like seven forty-five pace or something like that. Just it feels it feels kind of like a jog to me. I mean, so it's not that. Bad. I'd be pretty darn <laughs> uncomfortable.
2: I don't know about you, James. <laughs> I don't think I could do three miles. I'm just, I, I three miles I would just pass. <laughs> All right, you just keep going. So you like uh, prepared for the kind of the expectations that are going to come next season? I mean, no more CL around. You're going to be kind of the number one runner that everybody's going to kind of be gunning for around here. And, and usually it's kind of the shoe's been on the other foot. The number one runner in the area has usually been at St. Francis or Central. West has had good runners, but usually it's been CL or Holly Bulla or an Otwell before that <laughs> uh, and stuff. How how different is that going to be next year?
3: Um, I think it's going to make people more excited to come and, like, watch or just, like, you know, look to see what's going on and check the paper and, oh, she did this, she did that. And I... I don't know what to expect, like, with, um, like, support from the opposing schools and, like, opposing teams and stuff. I don't know if they're gonna, like... See me as like a enemy or like a rival if they're gonna like support me and be like oh she's from west and she's doing well. I'm assuming it's probably gonna be the the rival thing, but.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Are you okay in that role? Okay, being the rival, being the target.
3: Yeah, I like it. It makes it more competitive. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Cross country seems to be one of those sports though where people outside after the race is done are pretty friendly with each other and and tend to get along pretty well. It's kind of like, kind of like like hockey maybe in that way. Uh, The hockey players around here off the ice seemed to get along really really well but uh, cuz like we had like three really good runners a few years ago they all ended up going to Michigan State together mm. and running at Michigan State and you know good friends all that it's uh, kind of interesting thing with cross country especially probably girls more cross country yes i think the boys maybe get a, <laughs> little, a little more rival a little more of a rivalry between them have you noticed that
3: um I feel like it gets really, like, more aggressive with guys, and, like, (laughs) they can tend to, like, joke around with each other, but then it turns into more of, like, a violent thing. Like, (laughs) I'm going to beat you. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like, that's, it turns into that type of thing with guys. With girls, it's just like, oh, good luck today. You're doing well, or something like that.
1: (laughs) All right, well, this segment is now three Guests in the making, I believe. I think it's the third one. Uh, It's called The Wheelhouse, so James just has a few rapid-fire questions for you. You just kind of say the first thing that comes to your mind. If you want want to give a little bit of an (laughs) explanation with your answer, go for it. You don't necessarily have to.
2: Okay. You're forced to eat one food for the rest of your life. What is it? Salmon. (laughs) Good choice. You can make that offhand. Fish is my
3: favorite. I love fish. And, like, sushi It's my favorite food.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Uh, favorite and least favorite subject in school
3: uh, Favorite is science Least favorite math Because I, I can't do numbers <laughs> Does it make it
1: tricky though? I mean science and math go hand in hand a lot
3: Um I feel like it's like a different type of math Like algebra and like geometry Are like two totally different Like it's like a different thing to me Like I'm better with algebra Geometry No <laughs>
2: If you are a superhero, what would your super, What would you want your superpower to be?
3: Um, speed, because I could beat everybody.
2: <laughs> you have that, right?
3: Well, more speed, better speed.
2: <laughs> or you'd want to be able to win the hundred and the thirty-two hundred. Yeah,
3: that like sprint speed.
2: Uh, what is the best advice a, a running coach has ever given you? Um,
3: hmm, that's a difficult one. Uh, don't lead, (laughs) because that that makes it so um, I can actually finish stronger. That's good. Mm -hmm. Hold back? Yeah. A little bit? Sit on her. That's like, sit sit behind them. (laughs)
2: Okay. All right.
1: I think that will do it. Uh, Again, Hannah, thank you so much for dropping by the Record Eagle studio today. It's been excellent having you here and a fun conversation. Congratulations on everything you accomplished in your freshman year with the Traverse City West Titans. And we can't wait to see what you do moving forward.
3: Well, thank you very much.
0: Another big thank you to Hannah Smith for joining us in the studio. Uh, I would imagine that she's got three very bright years ahead of her. Let's move on now to the Get Around Hall of Fame. Is Hannah Smith in there already? If not, yes. she will.
1: I'm almost certain that okay. she, was she was in there it. early when yeah, she Hannah,
0: the record.
4: Hannah Smith has been yeah. in it since I started on the podcast. All right, so no, she no surprise. She's my candidate,
0: there. I believe. Yep. All right, yeah, so, and we all voted for her unanimously no surprise there but we do have three track and field state champions eric labonte and cassidy henshaw would be going in obviously but they got in last week for their performances in the traverse city record honor roll meet which is now what the john lober
2: record eagle john lober
0: the record eagle john lober, lober. on a roll
2: meet yeah on a roll is still in there too it's so, so we've, pretty got, long we've, got we've got a long name Yes. Why don't you just?
0: Why aren't we just calling it the, the John Lober Meet? Is it, do we need the Record Eagle in there to for a little advertising?
2: Uh, yeah, well, we're the sponsors? Yeah, we put it on. Well, that. We, there, we there pay for the we the, pay for the medals. The John Lober Meet, sponsored by the
0: Traverse City Record Eagle. On, that's that uh, rolls off the tongue a little bit better than the Record Eagle John
2: Lober Meet. Yeah, it's just more words. Yeah. Throwing sponsored by in there and having the same. You
1: shouldn't have a problem with it. You throw all kinds of extra words that are
0: unnecessary at everything. That is true. <laughs> I will not dispute that, good sir. But let's go over our three candidates, the state champions in track and field. All three of them are getting in. Spoiler alert.
4: Yeah, I was going to say, you made that one really easy. But we're going to induct Jacob Ager, Anna Harmeling, and Zach Flint. Those are the D3. State champions in track and field Once again, Jacob Ager won the shot put with a 59-10 toss Anna Harmeling won the pole vault at 11 feet 6 inches And Zach Flint also won the pole vault at 13 feet 6 inches So congratulations
0: guys Well, short and sweet, that's just how we like it Congratulations to those three for getting into the Get Around Hall of Fame The highest honor other than being drafted in the girls softball fantasy draft Actually, no, it's a, It's obviously a higher honor than that. It is the most prestigious Hall of Fame and It's, a real, of it's a real club. It's not yeah. fantasy, it's a real yeah. club. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the trifecta, wrap up this show, and wrap up my career as the host. I know we're all getting very excited. Cue that, the swan song. That I am soon to be out of here. And as I said at the beginning of the show... Uh, Brett, you actually came up with this category. Why don't you go ahead and explain it? You probably can explain it a little bit better than I could. So we're adopting a classic backyard basketball
1: scenario. Game seven, possession of the ball, clock's winding down, down a point. Who are you as a child taking that game-winning shot? And the crowd goes wild.
0: (sighs) Tony Kukoc from the Chicago Bulls. That's who I'm going with. Actually, that's not true. Uh, this is the only part that I'm actually participating in, although I participated in a lot of the other part. I just can't shut my mouth. But Steve Kerr, that's who I used to pretend to be uh, on my basketball. I had a half court in my backyard uh, that my dad was gracious enough to, uh, to put in himself or to install himself. But yeah, it was always Steve Kerr from the wing, uh, three-pointer, uh, and I would always count down, you know, three, two, one, I'd let go, I'd make the buzzer sound, and more often than not, I missed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so then you just hit rewind and try it again. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I also play around the world by myself. Anybody else do that? I played a lot of basketball by myself. You
1: could just pass it off oh, as practice. prepping for when you had an opponent.
0: There it is. It's that's, practice. That's what it is. It probably is. We're isn't. talking about practice, We're man. Yeah. About practice. am pr- talking about practice. It probably isn't for the lack of friends that I had or have, but... Brett, who are you? Kobe Bryant. I mean, this is why I hate this. Oh well, of course uh, it's gonna be
4: Kobe. Like it is. That's, that's all it is. Kobe is the only person I ever wanted to be was Kobe. I, I had a hoop uh,
1: that I, I played on at home all the time, but for whatever reason, that memory always comes back to be back to me more playing in my grandparents' driveway. I, I don't I don't know why that is the case. But, I just find it interesting. Kobe. Always. I didn't even yell that. I just. Kobe
4: Kobe Bryant dribbles right, pull up jumper from the elbow. Nothing but net. I used to sit there and do my uh, my jab step, triple threat, fade away. Kobe Bryant. So Jake, you're also Kobe Bryant. Oh no, I can I can change it up. I, I definitely no, was always Kobe Bryant, but if there's somebody then why else, why do you have to change? Because it? I I listen. I used to do a lot. Me and my friends on the block. You know, we weren't tall enough, so to we brag would, about your friends. <laughs> so we would always drop, you Whatever. know, drop the rim down to like eight feet and do dunk contests. So I'll put it there, and um, there was plenty of times I just wanted to be Vince Carter. We used to jump off lawn chairs and stuff, so so we could get high enough to dunk off the rim. And I'll put it like that. I, I always wanted to dunk like Vince Carter when I was a kid.
2: Nobody, Robert Dory, nobody. No, me either. Big shot Bob. <laughs> uh, he's Still, still a, be a hero m- in my book. He's a clutch player. And the he got like
4: seven rings, six he, I think. He
1: just wouldn't yeah. have had those game winners to shoot if Kobe wasn't making all the other baskets before it,
2: and any number of other players on other teams when he followed coattails. But all right, so James, you're a little a
0: bit, bit uh, on the older, or a little bit older than we are. So a little bit. your pick is probably going to go back to
2: what the '80s. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Isaiah Thomas, is who I would. Would always be. You know, because you're
0: a Detroit Pistons fan. A Detroit Pistons fan.
2: I grew up, you know, Pistons fan, and uh, and he was also a, a short guy for the NBA, and as was I, <laughs> uh, you know, couldn't play anything but point guard pretty much when I was a kid because I was always pretty much the smallest guy playing basketball.
0: Unless um, you lowered the rim down to six feet, and <laughs> slam a jammer, baby, five
2: feet the so The basket I had wasn't one that you could lower, but I did set up a folding chair.
1: Yeah,
2: and then I could dunk off of that. Yeah, that's what we always get a, did. Get a running get a running start. Take one, get one foot on the folding chair, and then. Get up and I could throw it. I always down. had. I'm gonna be honest,
0: that sounds really dumb. We used to use a little plastic and for the price chair. And I'm not saying that. That's also it. Just seems really dangerous. to Oh me. yeah, there was and broken I, wrists involved. And I guess as I never used as, as
1: anything as a, like that. I had a full size trampoline that I put at trampoline at the base of the hoop. That seems more dangerous. I never. I never fell got put, hurt. I mean, the, you guys remember Slam Ball when oh, it was on TV? Hell yes. yeah.
0: That was so much fun. Slam ball was the best. I still so we, wish I could play that. Yeah, we'd that. play
1: slam ball on the trampoline all the time and just try to posterize people every possession.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, just hand. Me and my roommate in college, we had like, like a Nerf hoop in the in our room, and uh, we had something where you ba- there was basically no rules. You just carry the ball, and it was who could get to the rim and dunk the ball, and you pretty much... Do whatever you want. So there's elbows being thrown. You just push the dude out of the way and then run and dunk the ball. Yeah, heads going into the microwave. Yeah, the TV was always something that was... You were always wondering if a TV was going to go because the the basket was not very far from there. But uh, luckily it never did.
0: We do have a little bit of business to take care of before we get out of here, and that is the winner of our four Beach Bums tickets for retweeting the podcast. And, Brett, this week it is... Jolie King. Any relation to Remy King?
2: J.C. King? I think she's related to (laughs) (laughs) J.C. But but not Remy.
0: (laughs) Well, congratulations, Jolie King. Four tickets to a future Beach Bums game. And make sure that you retweet this podcast, the link, share it on Facebook, do whatever you got to do for a chance. Next week we've got how many more tickets to give away? Be, we've done this, what, three times? Two yeah, two, yeah, two more giveaways. Yeah,
4: two more, four two to give five away. total.
0: Yes. Yeah, okay. So, so we've done it three... This was the third, so we got All two right, more. so we've got two more before we get back to movie tickets, and you guys are going to have to find your own because I'm not donating mine anymore. All right, as I said, we will find out the origin of the probably maybe here in just a little bit, but I do want to play some of the, my greatest hits, at least the ones off of the air. Uh, my favorite moment of this podcast was when we talked about pants wearing Gary. Throw out our Jerry Angers right now, or Angers or Angers or Angers. <clears throat> Angers, yes. Angers? Yeah. Jerry
2: I, I also did not Gary. wear Gary, Gary Angers. <laughs> I also did not wear shorts to the game like uh, like Jerry did this week as well.
0: He must be a cold blooded animal if he's able to stay out in that weather and wear shorts. I don't I don't know what it is that that guy, I don't know if it's, at this point, it's just a, like, he has to do it. Like, if someone sees him wearing pants, they're going to be like, oh, my God, what's wrong with him? Is is Gary okay? Is his Gary <laughs> Angers <is> okay? <laughs> Gary, you're wearing pants. I've never seen that before. That's his evil it twin. Sounds, That's his odd. evil twin. Is. <laughs> pants wearing Gary is his evil
1: twin? <laughs> oh,
0: So we had that one a little bit later when uh, I continued to interrupt James while he was trying to talk about Traverse City St. Francis uh, baseball. I'm sorry, Traverse City St. Francis football.
2: There was one point where Brett just had enough of me. They've been able to beat teams this year uh, without having to go deep in the playbook. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. I finished it, though. I finished it. <laughs> you did. You did. Screw you, I finished it.
0: <laughs> Alright, time now for the origin of probably, maybe. And this is when we were talking about the, well, before we found out that they were the Ycons, we were talking about Iron River, West Iron West County. West Iron County, yeah or I don't know what they are. Maybe it's ironic that they're not the Ironmen. So there's some irony there and they're probably they're the ironic Ironmen. And maybe they're going to iron their uniforms before they put them on. I would I would imagine they do that, right?
2: <laughs> probably. <laughs> Dude, maybe.
0: This podcast <laughs> is so great. off the rails. The greatest moment yeah, in podcast history is James's probably maybe. All right, and one last one before we get out of here. This is, again, Brett completely fed up with me after I had interrupted him with laughter uh, when he was trying to talk about Stevenson. For about the 100th time. For about the 100th time. You can't do that.
1: Turn around. Pick your mic up off the table and talk into the wall. Stevenson's had a good season. Uh, I've been voting on the eight-man panel for most... For fuck's sake, Brendan. (laughs) Get your shit together. (laughs) Holy fuck.
0: (laughs) So, a lot of good stuff, uh, a lot of good memories. Uh, I I will miss the moments where I break out in laughter, but... um, yeah, other than that, uh, it, it's, been a, it's been a good ride. Uh, I've really enjoyed being in the studio and shooting the shit with you guys on a weekly basis. It has been fun, uh, but I am excited to move on to, I won't say bigger and better things, but uh, new and exciting things.
1: We will miss you, Brendan, regardless of what
0: any of us say about you. Irregardless. You, uh, you were the true founder of this podcast. Yeah, this is my baby and i am putting her up for adoption like a just like a a used puppy yeah this was this was my baby uh, it was it was you know something that we had talked about from the moment that i got here and then Nate gave us the go ahead we started off with uh, one tiny mic in the center of the table and now we're sitting here with a sound mixer four mics and uh, really rocking it out and i am very excited to to hand it off to the guy that i trust the most to take over the hosting duties and that's brett summers he's been uh, fantastic the entire time great insight into sports and uh he's he's made for this job and i trust him completely and taken over as the host thank you i appreciate the trust and the and the torch. nomination oh it's not a nomination <laughs> It is It is a slam dunk. But before everybody gets teary-eyed, it's not like you won't ever join us on the podcast again. It's possible I won't. I'm thinking that maybe when I'm oh, not maybe. here that it'll be uh, Mr. Adnip, who, uh, whose mic is no longer connected to the soundboard. So uh, if he tries to talk, we won't hear him. Which I think is a good strategy going forward for you guys <laughs> <with> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, that is going to do it, unless, James, you want to say
2: thanks I to imagine, me. I imagine you'll be filling in here and there. I mean, we got vacations, we got furloughs, all that kind of fun stuff. We're yeah. we we'll would be shorthanded every now and then, so. Yeah, I guess I'll have to, but I've got
0: board meetings to cover. hmm Cindy. That is, uh, that'll wrap it up. Episode number 38 of the Get Around Podcast. I couldn't even make it to 40. Unbelievable. But thank you so much, For listening, our Audible viewers, signing off one more time, I've been your host, Brendan Queely, in the studio with me, Barry Arturo Summers, Jimmy James Cook, and Jake Atnip. Thank you for listening. Wait a second. Is this thing still on? We forgot. And I forgot, but... Big shout-out to Harrison Beebe, a lovely friend, my golf partner, and the reason that I have a concussion. <laughs> shout-out to 7-4's and four's Harrison Beebe.